All right, everybody, welcome to a special Jew and Gentile podcast. Normally, uh, our music's a little more exciting uh, when you come in, um, but we've decided for the next few weeks to do have some special guests to talk about the Israel-Hamas war. We're calling it, Steve, Behind the Headlines. This is Behind the Headlines, uh, Chris, and I wanted to do something for our listeners, all six of them, or are there seven? Not seven, sure. seven, seven, seven. All seven. Don't cut them short. No, nah, I don't want to cut them short. Uh, but something to uh, to help our listeners get a behind-the-scenes feeling for what Israelis are going through. We've I've begin I've begun to line up some people who can give us that insight. And by God's providence, mm. uh, we have uh, an Israeli here who's very near and dear to us. Uh, actually, the granddaughter of Zvi the daughter of Menno, mm-hmm. uh, and in her own right, Yael is a, a worker with the Friends of Israel. So we want to welcome you. Hello, Yael. Hey, thank you. How are you? Good. Good to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. This is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing for me to be here, too. After leaving Israel was uh, quite a feat. So I Do you want to talk about, actually, that was one of our very fact, first questions. My, my first question, Yael, to you is you left for the United States right after the war broke out. If you could just give us a short, your story, whatever happened, uh, because you were coming here to the office at, here at Friends of Israel while the war had begun. So tell us a little bit about your journey, an unusual journey. Mm. Well, I, supp- I was supposed to meet with the board to make the whole joining Friends of Israel official. Uh, and it's a part of the process to meet with the board and have a, a uh, in-person interview. And so that was a, that's why I was supposed to fly, uh, to the U S and then, um, my flight was supposed to be on Wednesday, the 11th. But as we know, the war broke out on the 7th and I was, you know, that aside, it was, uh, that's what we, that's the only thing we can think of really the war and all the ramifications and the implications for our family and everything that had, that had to do with that. But at, at, in my heart and in my mind, I realized that, you know, I was not going to be called uh, to uh, reserves. I'm a little bit beyond age. Uh, and uh, Don't give your age away, please. No, I'm not. I'm not. Good. But uh, I knew I was not going to. And so it started forming in my head that I'm, this This is how I will do my reserves, basically, as, mm-hmm. as just speaking about everything that's going on uh, outside of Israel to anyone who would listen. And so visiting churches, going anywhere that I could to to speak truth about what was going on. So it was super important for me to make sure that I get on that flight. But when they just continuously canceled each and every flight that mm. I booked, it was kind of hard to, <laughs> to make that happen. And so I think there were three or four flights that got canceled within these four days. Um, and, uh, and I just, on Tuesday evening, when the last one was canceled, I just said, forget it. I'm, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, Wednesday and, and look one last time. And if I find something great and if I don't, then forget it. It's, it's probably not meant to be. So sure enough, I, I go online the next morning and there's the last seat on the last flight leaving Israel for the next eight days. Mm. And, and I knew that if I was gonna, so I'm like, fine, I'm just booking it. I don't even know where it goes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, where is it going? Athens. Okay. That's <laughs> not too shabby. Exactly. I'll just figure it out from there. So then I'm like, okay, which flight can get me from Athens 
in the end to Newark, which is where I was supposed to go. So uh, then my route just took me through Vienna and then Frankfurt and then ultimately to Newark. Mm. So I finally made so it. So you had, uh, what, 24 hours? 36. 36 wow. hours. <clears throat> it was it was a long journey, but I made it here and I'm very thankful that. Yeah, El, can yeah. you talk about, I don't, you know, I remember waking up on October 7th and Karen came to me, my wife, and said, do you know about this? And, you know, I said, I have no idea what you're talking about it, when the attacks happened. And I mean, I think I was up at 730 in the morning or something. So the day had already been well mm. into uh, what was going on in Israel. What was it like for you waking up on Shabbat, October 7th, and probably being shocked, like I was shocked. Uh, how did you find out? Um, I was getting ready. I live with my parents. That's all COVID thing. We're not going to get into it. But uh, <laughs> Oh, that would be, that's for the Jew and the that, Gentile podcast. Yeah, get rid of that question on there, Steve. <laughs> Anyways, I was getting ready. And then all of a sudden my mom comes out of her uh, bedroom and she says, you know, you don't, Church is canceled. You don't need to continue getting ready. I'm like, what do you mean church is canceled? You know my grand, my grandpa and my dad. There's no such thing as no church service on a Shabbat, on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so this this just baffled me. And I thought, what's going on? Why? And then she said, well, turn on the news. I'm like, what do you mean? What happened? And so as an Israeli, there is like a checklist of all the things that could go wrong for which there would be no church. And like, it's not Yom Kippur. It's not Atonement Day, you know, that everything shuts down. Um, what else happened? And so we opened the news and basically for the next 10 hours, apart from the few minutes we had to run to the bomb shelter because of the air raid sirens, then we were just glued to the screen without without pause, just shocked at, at what we were being told that was unfolding. And, you know, it wasn't like a one-off thing. It just kept on developing as the day went. And we, we saw, you know, those red glaring titles at the bottom just with the numbers of the dead keeping on rising. Mm. So it was it was surreal. It was difficult. We, we were just sitting there and, and okay, it, like almost on cue when, when one would stop crying, then the other would start. This is how the, the, the whole day uh, went on. Mm. Uh- Give us an update now. That was uh, three weeks ago. Uh, I know your uh, sister and brother are somewhere in Israel. We we won't talk about where that might be, but we know that they're in it. Mm-hmm. And so give us an update on how they are and what's the feeling. I know your father got a chance to visit them. Give us an update on that. I can say that they're up in the north, both of them on a the northern border. Um, I actually don't even know exactly where, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they're both there. And uh, just, what is it, today? Yeah, a few days ago, my sister, my youngest sister, got to visit them and surprise them. They didn't know she was coming. And uh, and they they organized a package, uh, just packages for different, for as many soldiers as they could with different needs that they had. And I call them onesies. It's like a ski suit. <laughs> Uh, onesies for soldiers. Um, for, is that to keep them warm? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because winter's coming up uh, in Israel. And I don't know that they're like a for- first line unit um, uh, or which one of them is or not. But the thing is, if you're not first priority, you're not going to get the equipment first. Mm-hmm. Now, is winter still coming? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just, so you're just be, freezing. <laughs> yes. Until it's your turn to get whatever whatever it is. 
Uh, and this is, you know, the, it's not that the IDF does not provide for its soldiers, but the the amount of soldiers that it now has is tripled. 350,000. I, I, I believe it's even more than that. Yeah. But but that's, I mean, that's tr- almost triple more than what they usually have. So this just made the whole chain of logistics kind of move at a different rate and uh, and with just supplying to all over the country and un- under the in the situation of war. It's just, it makes things different. Can you, you know, uh, you had talked about the reserves, your brother, your sister are in the reserves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for us as Americans peering in, you know, we hear that they received even more reserves than they expected to have. Um, is that surprising to you as an Israeli? It is not, yes. to be honest. I figured. Yeah. I mean, I hung around in Israel long enough to see that everybody has an opinion and everybody <laughs> wants to participate and uh, in a good, positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's amazing to think that you had such an amazing response to what's going on. Um, but, you know, I, I guess the other question I have for you is in thinking about it is you carry an Israeli passport that mm-hmm. your citizenship is in, in Israel. And when you see what's going on in the news with anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism, the hatred of, of Israel, uh, what, what does that make you feel like? Um, because, you know, I'm not a target, but I feel like that might make you feel like, why are people targeting me? I di- didn't even do anything wrong. I don't, well, I think we're way beyond that. Why are they targeting me? Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm, in, on one hand, I'm still shocked that this is, as rampant as it is, especially here in the States and in so many educational um, places like universities and colleges, that is just astounding to me. Mm. On the other hand, I'm not surprised because we read the Bible. Mm-hmm. We know that it says that this is how things will unfold. Will Did it say that it's going to be under the title of anti-Semitism? I don't know, but is it is it a tool? Yes, uh, of course. So... The, the numbers, the the tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands of people marching. There was a demonstration of 500,000 people in Europe um, marching with all of these chants. And basically, it's all about kill the Jews, kill the Jews. Mm-hmm. And this is 1939 all over again. 100%. Well, I'm really glad you brought that up. I have some pictures. You and I had met... Uh, along with friends of ours, uh, and, and Alice was there, and I was. we were talking about your grandfather. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I went and found some pictures uh, of when Elwood McQuaid and your grandfather went to Poland. I oh, want to give nice. them to you right here as we speak. That's great. <laughs> during our podcast, and I want, you to, <laughs> I want you to go over them because this might give you a new appreciation. I know it does for me. I think we're living, just as you said, in 1933, Mm -hmm. uh, when Germany uh, just saw the chancellor, uh, Adolf Hitler, come to power, and uh, very anti-Semitic things happening by educated people. Uh, And Elwood McQuay took your grandfather, and they did a video a number of years ago, uh, and went back to some of the places. So I w- was wondering if you'd comment about your grandfather's V. We love him here at Friends of Israel, and he went home to be with the Lord in 2014. And mm-hmm. um, uh, you and I talked about it. So give our our listeners just a sense of uh, 
you know, him fighting in the War of Independence in 56 and 67. Your brother David was born while in the midst mm-hmm. of that war. And then uh, in 1973, the Yom Kippur War. And now he's with the Lord and his grand, his children and grandchildren are facing really something unprecedented since that war. Can, can, can you I comment just, on that? Can I just add, too, for our listeners who don't know your grandfather, he was a Holocaust survivor who mm-hmm. made his way over to Israel and became a believer while in Israel during Israel's independence um, in 1948 and, and on. Uh, so I just want to be, no, be sure. No, I'm glad you didn't. Chris, you and I have talked about the that book, Zvi. We, mm-hmm. Our listeners could go to foi.org and go to our store. 100%. And I encourage them to get that book. Uh, so Elwood McQuaid wrote the, the book. It's on the life of Zvi. Uh, and but they also made a video back That's then. Right. I know we that we're well beyond video cassettes and all that. Hey, but VHS, yeah. But that's what we did back then. It's on Vimeo and it's on YouTube. It that's is on. That's how right. I watched it just recently for the first time. Uh, I I had a chance to go to a, a conference in Auschwitz actually just in uh, recently in August, and it's the first time that I watched the movie. And I had just finished reading my grandpa's book um, earlier this year uh, at around May. And I grew up listening to all of the stories. And so it's not that I was surprised or there were many things that I didn't know. There were several items that I'm like, hey, Grandpa, you never mentioned this. Mm -hmm. Um, I I finally get to read about it in the book. And the biggest thing about it was, was how he realized that his life was spared and saved by someone that he needed to know who. And that was remarkable for me to discover because he had never talked about that with us. It was always obvious that he had found the God of Israel as his, um, and and his son, Yeshua, Jesus, as his uh, as his own personal savior. Um, but he never told us this story, and so I got to read about it for the first time <laughs> in the book. And uh, I think you know he he passed away in 2014, and I was with him at, in the hospital when that happened. It was my shift. We we divided. Uh, between the cousins and the uncles and everyone, everyone had their shift and it was my shift that, uh, that he passed away. And, and I could not bring myself to read that book mm. for, for the longest time. And it was just this year that a friend of mine said, I think it's time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and so I did and I couldn't, I couldn't put it down. And I knew all the stories. It's not like, the, again, it's not, it didn't surprise me, but um, watching the movie was the first time that I got to hear his voice again. I, I mentioned that to you guys mm-hmm. when when we met. It's the first time that I got to hear his voice, and I realized how much this voice impacted me all of my childhood years mm. because it was it was a it was a voice of assurance and of triumph, like is portrayed in like what is portrayed in the book. And I remember it was always no matter no matter what happens. God will make a way kind mm-hmm. of voice. Let me, let me ask you as our last question, because we don't want to go too long here. Uh, it might not be something you think you can answer. I'm very interested. If if your grandfather was in this room with us and he was talking to you, what, what do you think he'd say? That's a great question. Wow. <laughs> uh, I probably have a, a little bit more of an educated answer to that if I had a little bit more time to think about it, but... I think he'd say he's not surprised by how the events are unfolding around us. And he would definitely say that now's the best time, the most important time to reach out for our 
Jewish brothers and sisters and tell them about Jesus. Mm, I think you're I think you're right. How can we pray for you? How how could our listeners pray for you and and uh, Israelis, your family? Can you give us a couple prayer requests? I got 3. Great. Great. That's fantastic. <laughs> right. List they, them. They all start with the letter P. Oh, great. And alliteration. F- yes, I love it. I mm-hmm. love alliteration. The first one is pray. And you can all just pray whatever's on your heart, but the the best way I believe is pray scripture. Read scripture so that you're also informed about what's going on according to the scripture because it's almost like reading your notifications from the Bible because it's so relevant today. So pray, that's the first one. Mm. Second one is post. If you're on social media and if you're listening to this podcast, I guess you have some kind of social media access Post, help us fight the misinformation and the lies mm. that are so rampant right They're now. They're all over the place. All over the place. Um, and the third one, I'm going to be totally Israeli about this. Pay. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a way of sending funds to Israel right now, and obviously we can do it through Friends of Israel and, and Market Aid Jerusalem Assembly, we need the funds. It It's not practical to send aid packages right now. It's not practical to send things because our entire system, our entire country is in disarray. Mm. Sending anything for the post office is just going to take forever until it actually arrives. And then it's not, it might not be relevant anymore. But sending the funds help us fu- uh, buy the things. It's not that we don't have the supplies. It's just that the chain of supply is extremely affected right mm-hmm. now. We can buy the things, but we need the flow, the mm, cash gotcha. flow. No, that's very helpful, Chris. Let's, uh, let's and Steve. I'll just let our listeners know. I'll be posting a few links for show notes for this particular podcast. Number one, the website. Do you know that your grandfather actually has a website? It's, I, it's through Friends of Israel. It's, right? yeah, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's uh, foi.org forward slash Zvi Kalisher, which includes the video of Zvi. Um, so that's all free. So I'll post that link yeah, in our show notes. Say that once more, Chris. Say it once more. Yeah, a little at, slower. You're getting Jewish talk here. Sorry, foi.org forward slash uh, Zvi Kalisher, but I'll put the link in the show notes. The next is um, I'll I'll post several links for areas that you can give to Israel through our Stand With Us, our Stand With Israel uh, um, uh, outreach here at Friends of Israel, and then also our two church plants, the Jerusalem Assembly and the Rehovot Assembly as well. So we'll put all of those in there for opportunities for people to give. That's great. I do want to thank you. Yeah, Al, so much for coming. We know that you've got places to go, people to see during this time, and uh, we we secured you for a few minutes. And Chris, we're going to be running these special things for, uh, I don't know how long, but at least once a week, we're going to have a special guest uh, that will give us some insight. So let's close in a word of prayer. And, and I'll just say too, go to foiequip.org, and there you can sign up for upcoming classes, and you can also watch yeah, El Kalisher teach on Hebrew worship. That's right. She that is she a did. professor. She's for a equip. professor for Equip. <laughs> so you can go back and watch that on our YouTube page as well, foiequip.org. Well, Steve? let's look to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we want to do uh, the three Ps today. We want to pray, we want to post, and we want to pay. And we want our listeners to pray, to post, and to pay. So we're asking, Lord, uh, through prayer right now that you'd be with the nation of Israel. We're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, of Israel. We're praying for those on the front lines, literally in Gaza, fighting right now. We pray your hand of protection. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, give great wisdom to those leading 
uh, knowing where to go, when to go. Uh, Lord, we just commit the nation of Israel, the IDF, to you at this time, and particularly uh, those from the Kalisher family. We ask, Lord, your blessing. We think of posting, and Lord, uh, those in social media, that they'll stand with Israel and let others know they stand with Israel and post things that are uh, positive, post things that are true uh, as to counter the lies uh, that are being perpetrated by those against Israel. And then, Lord, pay. Uh, We do support Israel with our words, but, Lord, we want to support them with our finances. And so thank you for the vehicles we can do that uh, through FOI. And so we pray, Lord, as people get the show notes to this, uh, that they'll go online and that they'll help in a tangible way uh, people in Israel. So, Lord, we're thankful that we can have this special program, and we'll need wisdom as to how long to do it. But we're glad that Yael is our first guest on this program, and we want to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 